Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got a busy one, so let's get at it. We've got Stephen LaDrew, Toronto based lawyer, broadcaster, all around troublemaker, joining us. Hello. <laughs> I'm a homemaker. Come on, don't forget about that well, one, Alex. You nice just, to hear you. You are not a homemaker. You I just, am. I, I know you are. I know. I, I just... am. Listen, you clean toilets and you make dinners, you're a homemaker. Perfect. Okay. And Michael Tobe, Troy Media Syndicated columnist, Washington Times contributor, also former speechwriter for Stephen Harper, and likely also a homemaker. Hello. <laughs> hey, I am indeed. How are you doing, Alex? All good, guys. We but... for the sexes here. Alex yeah. doesn't make homes. She's on radio all the time. That's right. Yeah. I have. I have no. But I do scrub toilets too. Well, Let, let's do, just and, be and honest. You know what? You guys are one thing as well. Many things, Alex, but you also gave birth. Uh, well, I did that too. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. I beat you. All right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the um, the issue I discussed with Stuart Bell, and this is on returning ISIS fighters. The U.S. Uh, calling on countries to repre- uh, repatriate our ISIS fighters because uh, the Kurds just simply can't do this. And and uh, Mr. Goodale spoke about this today, and essentially, you know, saying it's not going to happen. Take a listen. These are people who've come from various places around the world. Uh, uh, in the case of uh, North America, abandoning the, uh, the comfortable confines of, uh, of uh, free and open democracies to go halfway around the world uh, to engage with, uh, with, with terrorist organizations. Uh, they need to assume the responsibility for their behavior. Let me start with you on this, Michael, uh, tonight. Sure. Uh, you know... This government has not really shown an appetite to deal with this issue. They have not been transparent on this issue. And if it weren't no. for Stuart Bell, we wouldn't know anything about this issue. But uh, I don't really have any confidence that they would be able to bring them home and prosecute them anyway. But what should they do? I don't have a lot of confidence that they would do it either. Um, look, the theory is, yes, you are supposed to repatriate. And I can understand why various countries, including the United States, are calling on other nations like Canada to do that. So the theory is completely accurate. The problem is, as we've seen in instances with, say, Omer Cotter and others, that it hasn't been handled to perfection, shall we say. <laughs> no. and, and for that reason, it worries me that when they come home that, you know, not that everyone's going to necessarily get a bucket of money and go off and be happy, but it's just not handled in a fashion that I think a lot of Canadians would be content with. So I'm perfectly fine to keep them abroad in places like Guantanamo Bay or Gitmo, if you wish, and other locations. But if they're going to bring them back and they're going to prosecute them, they've got to prosecute them properly and do this issue properly, or else just leave them where they are. Yeah, Stephen, that's a problem. We can't prosecute them because of the way our laws are developed. Um, you know, so these guys will eventually just kind of walk around like they are now. <laughs> well, I'm not convinced of that. And I did um, um, an editorial on this in the fall. Alex, and you probably saw it when there were stories that there are a few um, ISIS fighters in Canada already. Ralph Goodell acknowledged that uh, they were here, and he said, "Well, well only because Stuart mentioned yeah, and broke absolutely. that they were here." He said, "Yeah, but we have problems in prosecuting them." Look, I mean, if you have a video of a Canadian citizen beheading someone, it doesn't matter where where they're beheading them in uh, Niagara Falls or in uh, in you know in the Middle East. Um, that's evidence. And they, if they want to come home, and they're Canadian citizens, and they can get out somehow, or we bring them home through any process, fine. Meet them at the, uh, at the airport once they get off that plane and arrest them. Charge them with murder and prosecute them and uh, have a trial. And, and should our laws not be sufficient to deal with situations like that, then the government should be up front and say, okay, we aren't doing this now because they'll come home and go scot-free, but we are bringing forth amendments to the criminal code, 
where we can't do this. I mean, if, in an election year, mm-hmm. well, maybe maybe the government is going to start getting smart and thinking. Well, we have to deal with the real hard issues on this thing. In an election all year, the three mm-hmm. of us went over and committed murder in Europe. Um, we would be we, the government would be saying, "Bring them home," and we want to try them. And with the, I don't understand why they're doing this with the people who. Uh, Ralphie almost sounded a little bit apologetic there. These poor people, you know, they gave up all this lovely home in Canada to go over there and fight. Well, you know what? Well, because they're one, they're crazy, and two, they were uh, believing in the ISIS cause. Mm-hmm. Now, now that ISIS be, is being defeated, they're in jail. Well, let them cry and come home. But if they're coming home, let's try them for what they did and be responsible for their crimes. Yeah. I want to move on to the. I've got a bunch of topics that I want to kind of rifle through, and I'll wait for the Trudeau stuff till after the break. Um, OP, I know. Well, I'll give it more time. OPP looking into whether it will investigate the public service employee who leaked a, a confidential cabinet document, and so they did breach their oath. And and given the public sector fired them like within seconds, tells me that this person is a rank amateur uh, and clearly didn't know that uh, Queens Park has an IT department. Um, and I'll start with you on this, Stephen Ledrew. Does it make sense for this to uh, be investigated by the OPP, or should they just? Leave it alone. Well, it should be investigated by the OPP, but or or maybe maybe Metro Cops. That's another question. But I've, there's an issue with the OPP right now and, and investigations. But certainly the police should investigate this person. You make an oath. You take an oath when you're a civil servant. You are not giving out documents. There's a whole question as to whether, in fact, I don't even know where this document was valid or whether it's just some you know overpaid under challenged and underworked civil servants is writing up stuff there to be a nuisance. It's clear from the Minister of Health when she said, I never saw this document. I never asked for this document to be created. We are not going to privatize health. This was a political matter. This is somebody being paid by a taxpayer, making trouble on a political basis. And it's not like you know somebody is saying exposing the government. This is absolute baloney. And I think there should be an investigation and uh, hopefully charged. Okay, so Michael, leaks are a yeah. very big part of politics. It happens all the time. And yeah. are, are is it fair that critics will suggest that it's a double standard for the PCs? They might say that, and sure, obviously, when you're in government and you're in opposition, you handle the issue quite differently. I recognize that. Well, you certainly don't get caught, that's for sure. Yes, that's right, exactly, they don't. But look, let's be honest about it, and I agree with Stephen. I think the OPP has to look into this because we've got to figure out where the paper trail starts, Mm -hmm. especially with the second document, which Christine Elliott it seemed to be, at least when she stood there in front of the press conference, perplexed as to what it was and what it pertained to because she had never actually even seen it. So we've got to figure out where these things are coming from. And to be perfectly honest as well, some of this has obviously been nonsense on the part of the NDP because I worked in government much like Stephen did. There are lots of papers, there are lots of things that are in the working stages, planning stages. Some of them are short, some of them are long, and some of them never come to fruition. But irrespective of that, yes, I'd like to know where this started. So I think the OPP getting involved is a good thing. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We got Stephen LaDrew and Michael Tove champing at the bit to uh, get in a few other topics that just happened to catch my eye today. And one of those guys was this little uh, nugget at a question period, which, by the way, if you got some beer and popcorn, you should watch it. 
because this one is going to be, I think, problematic for Mr. Trudeau. He made a, a, just an absurd comment today in response to the finance critic, uh, Pierre Polyevra, who was uh, asking about the liberal axing of the child fitness tax credit. It was axed in 2017 after the liberals had claimed it was being taken advantage of by the wealthy. So here's the brilliance of the prime minister of this country. Speaker, we see proof that the Conservatives simply don't understand that low-income families don't benefit from tax breaks because they don't pay taxes. Yeah, Michael, those poor people are useless, you know, because they don't pay GST, they don't pay taxes, they don't do anything. Oh, but not to worry, Alex, the great soothsayer, our Prime Minister, will tell us otherwise. It is so ridiculous to hear this. Number one... Every Canadian pays taxes one way or the other. Yes, there's a lot of people on the lower end of the brackets, the lower payers, you know, the people who don't make as much money, and they do get refunds at the end of the year. There's no denial of that, but we do pay taxes. And to say that tax breaks don't benefit them, tax breaks are a societal benefit. So if we're just going to use low-income earners, for example, every dollar that they make or, every, or if they're living paycheck to paycheck, every paycheck that they receive if taxes are lowered, and this is obviously something I and a lot of other right-leaning people believe in, will increase by a little bit. And each little bit that you get every week, bi-weekly, monthly, etc., will benefit you in the end because you'll have extra take-home pay in the year to use for other things. Anyway, the grand scheme of things is the comment is absolute nonsense. It's a thousand percent wrong. And it's yet another example of why Justin Trudeau is not only not just a policy wonk, which we know he's not, he is really not educated and up-to-date on a lot of things, including very basic economics and tax policy in this country. Right. And so, Stephen, it would um, it would be you know prudent for someone in his office to say, you know, maybe tuck in that chest a little before you start to uh, bloviate so much about issues you don't talk and know what you're talking about. But this should stick to him. I mean, this is already going to be an attack ad. It's already probably, at, probably out there as an attack ad. But this speaks to him being out of touch. This guy doesn't even file his own taxes. Alex and Michael, you expect me to defend that? I mean, well, it, it was it was your party. Was it's a Trudeau party right now, yeah. and everybody in it is starting to realize that Mr. You know what you hear, what you see is what you get. I I'm just surprised that it's taken this long for it to come out that uh, the media generally, Alex, has given him. Uh, a, a free ride for three years, mm. and what a, what a smart, wonderful, worldly prime minister. And um, and then they start to realize he just gave away $50 million uh, to his uh, friends on American late-night talk shows and stuff like that. And they start to realize this guy's not in it for the long haul of a prime minister. He's in it to be an international celebrity. And but that's a very insulting comment. He basically told uh, lower-income people across this country, well, you, don't, you, don't pr- you don't have a say, well, you don't get these things because you don't pay for he them. He doesn't know. He, I mean, he's never had a real job, aside from being a part-time drama teacher in B.C. And, um, and so he doesn't understand these kinds of things. So when he gets off script, when he's in the question period, and I, I'm, I, I'm surprised as I get, again, it's taking this long, oftentimes he'll get a question and he'll stand up and he'll talk about the weather. Yeah, of course. Uh, he has no, he doesn't answer anything, and all of his uh, liberal ministry will sit there and, and applaud uh, behind, and, and it's just ridiculous what's going on. So I think I agree with the two of you when, when you're saying that this sets the agenda for the next eight months until October election. Um, I think that it's going to come down to whether our prime minister has the chops to be prime minister in an increasingly tough time or 
um, whether in fact he is just someone there for uh, the good times, and uh, we should have somebody there who gets it, who understands what Canada is all about, and and uh, elections are all about. I think that, if quite frankly, listening to myself on this, listening to two of you, if I was a liberal strategist in the prime minister's office now, I'd be trying to say, shut up. We get no. Can we get this election over fast? Yeah. Because eight months of this. And people are starting to pay attention to uh, Mr. Trudeau. Uh, eight more months of this, and he's going to get hammered. Well, well, if you can get it over fast, you can say, oh, what a good guy am I. Well, I've got to move on to the next topic, but I will say this. He's very lucky that the State of the Union is tonight because he will yes. get a pass again because everyone will be talking about Trump. But this is the comment that people should be focusing on because I think it speaks volumes. Um, Let me get you this one because we uh, only have time for one more. But I certainly scratched my head on this one when I saw the uh, headline in the Toronto Sun of uh, why in God's name is Dalton McGuinty getting a key to the city of Ottawa? I mean, he is one of the worst premiers in this uh, province's history, Stephen. Does he deserve such an honor? (laughs) Well, he is a long, old Ottawa family. and. The mayor of um, the city of Ottawa mm-hmm. was his cabinet minister. Right. And so this is just, you know, scratching your own back. Failing upwards? No. But, and the reason why we haven't heard from McGinty and people in politics and law and business haven't heard from him is that no one wants to hear from him. And, and I understand he's having a tough time. He can't figure out why he's not on boards and stuff because he didn't understand that, as you said, he, um, he's, a, he's a nice man. I'm sure That's he is. That's why he won elections. That's why he defeated you know, uh, the, the conservative uh, candidates, because he's a very nice man. Did he run a good government? No, it stunk. Well, Michael, it's certainly, you know, I only asked the question, for what? And boy, did I ever hear back from people saying, yeah, for what? For the, the emails, for the, you know, whatever you could erase for the jails. What? He, people were furious. mean anything? Yeah, I mean, look, he's a nice man. No one's questioning that. I've met him, but that doesn't mean you get the key to a city or of any city whatsoever. I agree with you. He's obviously an Ottawa boy. (laughs) His brother was a federal MP. We know all this nonsense exists with it. But last time I looked, last poll talking about his popularity, which was a few years ago, to be fair, and I don't remember who it was that brought it out, it was in the low to mid-30s. I really don't think that most Ontarians, if asked, would say that, yes, I think someone like Dalton McGuinty, who basically turned Ontario into a have-not province during his time in power, wrecked our economy, which was aided along by Kathleen Wynne and others, and really didn't do a lot to say, be held on a pedestal for all his quote-unquote great accomplishments, of which there were none, really deserves a key to the city. But in fairness, a lot of people get a key to the city of any city that doesn't make a lot of sense. This one really doesn't. So, yes, when people are scratching their heads in Ontario wondering why, I'm with you, because uh, I don't get it myself. Uh, maybe no you get the key to Cobaconk. <laughs> ah, well, that would be okay. Yeah. I'm with that. Don't insult Cobaconk. All right, guys. i got to go talk <laughs> cryptocurrency. i got to let you go, but oh, thank you. Oh, no, there's a story. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be listening. Stephen Ledru, thank you, sir, and Michael Tobe. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.